Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Undisputed Future Podcast. This is episode 54. I am C.D. Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT coverage. Thank you so much for joining me. I am discussing here the May 30th edition of NXT, the last edition of May on the 1st of June here. It's Friday, June 1st here on my end, hoping to have this episode released on a weekend schedule. But before I dive right into the May 30th edition of NXT, I do want to discuss something very near and dear to my heart. My inspiration for all of this, Mauro Ranallo got his Showtime documentary, Bipolar Rock and Roller, aired just one week ago, and by God, it was an incredible special. I really can't discuss more about it, just the mental toughness from this gentleman and still able to wake up and live the dream, as he says, and just just really do what he knows he was meant to do ever since he was a kid. It really does go back far, ladies and gentlemen. It dives really into his childhood and his family relationships and really dives into everything that you hear him talk about and all the fight stigma hashtags that he's putting out each and every day, it feels like. But he really covers some important issues, an incredible role model for the mental illness community. I can't recommend the documentary enough personally. But while I'm talking about Moro, how about that intro to the May 30th edition of NXT? Moro really highlighting the Gargano Champo rivalry with, of course, Candice LeRae's involvement. If you go back to episode 53, you'll get a little bit more on my thoughts. I don't think Candice is being used to the capacity that she could be. Remember, folks, she is a wrestler herself, not just Johnny Gargano's wife. But a street fight in Chicago, well, a Chicago street fight as it's properly phrased, Chicago street fight between Gargano and Champa taking place just two weeks from tomorrow at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2, where it all began for these two, it begins again in a hardcore sort of scenario. I don't think there's enough of a difference between an unsanctioned match and a street fight. My way of thinking... Well, I'll get to a little bit more about that on my predictions show before TakeOver Chicago 2. But I really think this match is one on the books, and this one is going to quote-unquote matter. I guess if you're a Tommaso Ciampa fan and you want a win on Johnny on the books, as opposed to Gargano picking up a win on Ciampa, which I guess isn't in the records of WWE technically, which is what the whole unsanctioned match was about. But I'm going to drift away from the Ciampa and Gargano rivalry and dive right in with the NXT champion, Aleister Black, the Dutch Destroyer, only needs one opening to take out his opponents, no matter who it may be. Three willing competitors did fight for that opportunity last week in the form of a handicap match, Velveteen Dream and Ricochet, proving they just couldn't work together and conquer the Leviathan, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan, with a huge freak accident to Ricochet, would cement a victory and another handicap match win for Lars. But Aleister Black making a very strong point that the Black Mass can strike from nowhere. It only takes one opening for anyone to fade to black. And yes, this means every challenger that has competed with Aleister Black one-on-one to this 
date. Remember, the only pinfall anyone has over Aleister Black is that fatal four-way victory Johnny Gargano holds over the current NXT champion. But Lars Sullivan would get his chance to deliver a promo, and this is what I kind of want to highlight more so than the champion. Yes, it was incredibly nice to see the NXT champion back on NXT television because it does feel like a little bit. It feels like we're building all of these contenders and Aleister Black has kind of faded, pun completely intended, to the background here. Or the black round. Faded to the black round. I'm going to go with that one, and hopefully you guys haven't paused or shut off the show by now and will listen to me talk about Lars. The dispute is over. Lars Sullivan is the number one contender, according to William Regal. It is a sanctioned match for NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. Nobody like me in the NXT division. Nobody of Lars Sullivan's strength and demeanor in the men's singles division. I'll give him that. Probably the most sizable opponents to compare to Lars are either Hanson or Rowe of the War Raiders, or either member of Heavy Machinery. There really isn't a man who drives on his own like Lars Sullivan. We all, of course, know of Lars's former tag team history, and you could ask any of his partners, it is not pretty. But Lars Sullivan, very well spoken, really surprising me here, just by the delivery of his promo. We all know the range, well, we don't all know of the range of his vocabulary. Maybe this is your first time seeing Lars behind the microphone and didn't have much faith in him. If you were anything like some of the, some, some of the viewers on my timeline, a lot of people did not expect the kind of delivery by Sullivan behind the mic that we got. He is very well spoken and his vocabulary range does have me thinking he has sort of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde vibe to his character. But he instigates an attack, Aleister Black able to counter for just a moment, and just when you think the champion's picking up steam and able to deliver a Black Mass, Lars Sullivan catches his foot. Lars Sullivan able to counter and catch the Black Mass and deliver a huge freak accident to the champion. And if there's one thing this segment did, it's solidify Sullivan as a NXT championship competitor, able to counter the black mass. We have not seen it caught in this manner before. We've seen a lot of guys catch it with their jaw in the face, any sort of area on their left side cheekbone, but it's all been game over since Aleister Black has poised himself to deliver a black mass kick. Just when that foot leaves the air, it's all over. We've seen guys dodge it before, but never caught in this manner, and never countered with their own finishing maneuver. This really sold Lars to me as a believable contender for so- for Aleister Black's championship. Will I get to see Aleister Black at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 is a question that's driving me wild right now. Sullivan is a very believable contender. I'm really hoping to see Aleister Black reign for as long as I can, just as a fan of his. But Lars is a force of destruction, unlike anything we see in the NXT men's singles division, and Sullivan made an impact here on the May 30th edition of the show. But let's shift away from that and go right back to the Gargano and Champo Loray story. Candice does not support a Chicago street fight. Seeing that tweet really makes you think, what will Candice's involvement be either mentally or physically in this match 
for Gargano? Could it be a possible detriment and could it cost him redemption against Champa? These are all questions we should be asking ourselves going into Chicago here, guys. What role does Candice play not supporting this match, not supporting her husband? Will that constantly eat away at Johnny Gargano and shift him away from the physical damage he could be doing to Tommaso Ciampa? It's all possible. Give me your thoughts on what role Candice LeRae will play at NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 from now until then at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter and probably the best place to catch me. But shifting gears away from singles division, the aforementioned War Raiders Hanson and Rowe were in action taking on, oh boy, two poor gentlemen under the names of Cody Vincent and George Hickson. And you don't want to be either of these two guys in the ring. And the Raiders once again able to showcase their power and speed. The hybrid and hairy athlete known as Hanson really stood out to me in this one. Probably my favorite of the two in the tandem. But Cody Vincent and George Hickson getting delivered some absolute punishments. And it's really nothing we haven't already seen. Absolute dominance and the War Raiders with a springboard clothesline German and some absolutely unbelievable tandem offense we don't normally see by large men of their stature would solidify another victory. The War Raiders are on a absolute war path on the way to those NXT Tag Team Championships. And I know I might be thinking a little bit far in the future, we have to get past TakeOver Chicago too. Hell, the namesake of this episode is the road to NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 begins. But I see the War Raiders really filling that sanity or Authors of Pain role at this year's NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. I see another powerful team in the tag team title picture by then, and these two guys are that ingredient to an awesome and what could be a hard-hitting match with either team. It could be one-two punch Danny Lorkin, Danny Lorkin, Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin, or... Or the Undisputed Era's Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, or Bobby Fish. You could put two of those three guys, any combination of them, and they're going to have a hard-hitting match with two larger opponents. We've already seen what O'Reilly and Fish can do against larger men like the Arthurs of Pain and still successfully defend those NXT tag team titles. But I definitely see the War Raiders in the tag team title picture sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, not not in this current time, but at the same time, I'm very excited for the tag team title picture at Chicago 2. I think it has show-stealing potential. The first confirmed match could very well be the best. We all know the potential that Oni Lorcan has if you've been watching NXT television weekly. The guy has put on clinics with some of the very best, and he's finally getting the chance to shine in a takeover spotlight. Danny Birch, a veteran of the business, as well as one of Oni Lorcan's former opponents. Very similar style in this team, taking on another workhorse of a team, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly, two of my favorite members of the Undisputed Era. Probably in my personal ranking, it would be Strong, O'Reilly, Cole, and then Bobby Fish. But not to distri- not to discourage any Bobby Fish fans out there or to even put the guy down himself. The guy is there each and every week 
putting on promos and getting his mic time despite his injury. That's a workhorse attitude, and that shows the brotherhood and the capabilities of the tag team champions. So the tag team division is hot right now. I see the War Raiders jumping out really strong this summer, and I see 1-2 Punch and Undisputed Era possibly having the match of the night at TakeOver Chicago 2. But I'm going to drift away from there, and we did see a promo for Dakota Kai and Shayna Baszler, the championship match later on. I will discuss that this evening, but we did hear from Lacey Evans first, the lady of NXT coming off the biggest win of her career against the Mae Young Classic winner, the Pirate Princess, Kyrie Sane. That victory was huge, but we did get news that Kyrie versus Lacey Evans, the rubber match of the series, who is going to take two out of the three? Well, if you ask Lacey Evans, it's all going to come down to the women's right. That vicious right hand that sealed the victory for her last week has her name all over it. And by her, I of course mean Kyrie Sane. But I think the Pirate Princess rebounds strong. I do see a Mae Young Classic style finals rematch for that NXT Women's Championship sooner rather than later. I guess I did just kind of jump the gun there, but I'm going to shift away and discuss the Mae Young Classic winner. Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane needs this win against Lacey Evans to shape that rematch. But there is another name in the NXT Women's Championship picture. And I will get to the Twisted Sister, whose name is at the top of that list, in just a few minutes. I'm going to talk about EC3 and the NX3 trilogy. This trilogy would be highlighted by a match with Fabian Eichner. I'm trying to shift into movie trailer voice after saying trilogy, but I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna jump into discussion about the match. Fabian Eichner, impressive as always. The guy is always putting on a great match in NXT. Another cruiserweight classic competitor. If you've listened to me before, you know I refer to him as the Italian Cesaro. The guy is another hybrid athlete. He's got the power and he's got the speed and he's got the 225 pound frame to back it up. The former weight for the cruiserweight division was 225 pounds going back to the summer. If you want to fact check me, you can do that. Or you can go ahead and check out who made weight. Or you can wait for Cruiser Waves to be hitting the UF Patreon page, still in production. But shifting away from cruiserweight classic discussion and Fabian Eichner, let's talk about EC3. EC3 and O. Of course, not without interruption by Johnny Gargano. This match was a little bit chaotic, and Sanity made their departure from NXT by now. A little bit of chaos in the middle of this one. Johnny Gargano confirming his signed papers for the street fight against Tommaso Ciampa, and it was very odd timing, to say the least. Johnny coming through the crowd, uh... Costing EC3 a little bit of offense there. Fabian Eichner with a huge springboard after these actions. And I guess Mauro Ronaldo will be the middleman for those papers to go through. But Eichner almost with the win after the aerial assault. But EC3 would go on to be victorious with that huge 3KO. That's what I'm calling the spin-out neckbreaker TKO until somebody tells me a different name for it. But I like 3KO. Give me your thoughts on that one. EC3, 3-0 
on NXT television. Well, not 3-0 if you can Hopefully 3-0 in a singles action. Hopefully 3-0. Right now 2-0, but we did get the trilogy. The first match not going so well. The first match, if we could put it in the Godfather series, this match was more like the first movie against Fabian Eichner, although given that untimely interruption by Gargano, and I'd say that first ladder match kind of went in the way of Godfather 3, depending on how big of a film purist you are, but this isn't a movie podcast, this is an NXT podcast. If you want to check any of those out, please reach out to any of the fellow members on the Podern family hashtag. I'm sure there's plenty of cinemat- cinematic discussion to be had. But EC3 claims victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. And right now we are on the victory after the first singles victory. What will this lead to? I really, really want to see EC3 versus Adam Cole, baby. We already know of their previous interaction of the North American inaugural championship ladder match. EC3, baby, versus Adam Cole, baby. Two huge egos, two huge personalities, two guys who, despite loving themselves so much, are loved by the NXT universe. It's really undeniable charisma with these two. I feel like this rivalry could shape the importance of the North American Championship as well. We all know Oni Lorcan was unfortunately the first loss to Adam Cole defending that championship, but will that next victory for EC3 be a championship singles victory against the leader of the Undisputed Era? That's my missing piece in this already impressive TakeOver Chicago 2 lineup. This card is shaping up to be something beautiful and something unexpected in the competitors. I mean, who would have thought just a matter of months ago that Lars Sullivan would be NXT Championship contender material? If you would have told me a matter of months ago, hey, you see that Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch beating the hell out of each other? They're going to be in an NXT Tag Team Championship match against Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. You you just don't see these things coming in NXT. It's really some things you don't know that you really want until they're placed right out in front of you. But once in a while, you got to make a bold prediction with what you actually want. And that's my pick for the filler match, the last match on the NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 card. Hopefully that was my phone tweeting somebody who agrees with me. I want to see EC3 versus Adam Cole for that North American Championship. Man, this is definitely that Road to NXT TakeOver episode of the podcast. This week's edition gave me so much to work with. I'm going to shift gears back to the NXT Women's Division and discuss another Who Is segment. I've discussed the importance of these before. Roderick Strong got his. He got an NXT Championship rivalry with Bobby Roode. He has a current NXT Tag Team Championship run with the Undisputed Era. TM61, the Mighty, got a mighty fine video package. Who is TM61? Two-parter as well. They got a heel turn and they're on a victory after victory win streak of their own. So let's talk about the EST 
of NXT, let's talk about Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair already clearly living a life of importance, a college athlete, just an athlete all her life, if you really, really look at it. Just an unbelievable cross-hybrid cheerleader, track, basketball, you name it, this woman has done it. Powerlifting, just the impressive strength and the clinics that she's able to put on of the performance center footage. Just an unbelievable... She's got her own bachelor's degree. And you know what? I used to study sociology. She's a sociology and business double major. Incredible. And if you're a college student or a former college student, former college graduate like myself, you know the significance of getting just one major and possibly one minor on that list. Unbelievable academic achievements by Bianca Belair. Unbelievable professional athlete achievements by Bianca Belair as well. Achieving that Division I scholarship for college, she's she's really something else. These Who Are segments really open your eyes just to how impressive the background of some of these NXT talents are, and this was eye-opening. Bianca Belair, I gotta admit, not all of my support was in her corner. She has some impressive wins. Her moveset is undeniably powerful, but I just feel like there was something missing for me to truly and importantly care about her, and this week's segment really did it for her. You can definitely find me in the EST of NXT's corner, not just stealing her nickname of the EST of NXT POD. Now I gotta fully support her. Bianca Belair will be a NXT Women's Champion at some point in her career here. If you take her word for it, she's already surpassing some of the women who have strived on the independent scene. There's a little bit of that conflicting attitude between the homegrown talents and the independent scene, but I hope no matter which side of the NXT talent pool you support, we are all on the same hashtag team NXT. Let's jump into another important singles match. Ricochet takes on the important house show circuit cornerstone. I feel like a man I've just been waiting for so long to make a NXT television reappearance and debut. Chris, also known as Donovan Dijak. I'm getting a call. I'm just going to let it go for a second and uh, fade out into this next segment discussion. All right, guys. Sorry about that. You always got to pick up the phone for your mom, and sometimes you just got to let your Daniel Bryan ringtone into your next segment. So Ricochet versus Chris Dijak, the 270-pounder, six foot eight. I put significance on the big frame of Dijak because you wouldn't believe what Ricochet pulled off. A dead lifting suplex to the much larger opponent. And this is very important storytelling going in to take over Chicago 2. I'm going to get to the post-match and I'm going to discuss that in full. But I'm going to definitely glance on Dijak's performance here against Ricochet. Dijak countering Ricochet with an apron chokeslam. Real real emphasis on Dijak's power in this one. But Ricochet's power undeniable as well. A deadlift suplex, like I mentioned. A great match despite being so short. 
the 6.30 by Ricochet would put away the larger Dijak, but would only bring on the presence of the Velveteen Dream experience. Spotlight. Spotlight is the importance of this match. The spotlight on the younger talents of NXT, two of the most promising gentlemen in all of the locker room, and this match could be match of the weekend going into Money in the Bank. Confirmed is Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream, and anything you can do, the Dream can do better, except for pull off a major 450 springboard Spider-Man-like maneuver. I really don't even know how to put this one, ladies and gentlemen. Unbelievable gif. I'm sure you guys have seen it upwards of 100 times by the time this episode gets released. Unbelievable. The one and only Ricochet pulling off a one and only maneuver and saying, prove it, show me, show me, I believe was the way he put it. I just... I. You just kind of, you're in such awe of what certain athletes can do. I have never seen anything like that in over 20 plus years of watching pro wrestling. And I'm a huge fan of the cruiserweights. I have never seen anybody take air and leap the way Ricochet did. So Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream confirmed for Chicago 2. Match of the weekend's potential, but... Still, something about that tag team title match stands out to me as a slugfest with four of the hardest working gentlemen in all of professional wrestling. There's going to be plenty of social media questions between now and TakeOver Chicago 2, including a series I'm going to do for episode 55, pitting former NXT champions of all divisions against each other. I'm going to be reaching out for your thoughts, so if you're a fellow podcast out there and want a discussion topic, which two former NXT champions or current NXT champion Aleister Black, despite status on the main roster, who do you want to see them face? What kind of match? Would you have two of them face off against each other? Triple Threats, Tag team matches, I'm open to any ideas. Give me shows, give me gimmicks, give me stipulations, give me pay-per-views, give me everything you want to do as far as specifics go. I would love to discuss them on episode 55, but shifting away from men's action, there's a ton to talk about NXT women's action here because that championship was on the line as Shayna, the bully Baszler, defended that championship against the Kiwi. Dakota Kai, the Kiwi captain of Team Kick. Try saying that one five times fast, Team NXT. Dakota Kai getting a beautiful story told until this point. I, as a martial artist instructor, really appreciated it. It's about standing up to the bully. It's about reaching deep within yourself and finding that confidence to say no more and to stand up and prove to yourself that this is no way to be treated. And Dakota Kai just wanted to kick Baszler's head off. Unfortunately, it took a little while in this matchup for it to happen. I don't know if what it is about Shayna Baszler, if it's the bullying storytelling that she's doing an incredible job at, or if it's just the cringe-worthy just watching the way she manipulates and stomps on and grapples with opponents' limbs, it's its really hard to watch, and especially just with that sour attitude that Shayna has, and you want to see that smug smirk kicked off her face. 
It was a great match. It told exactly the story I wanted to see, one that really spoke to me. Unfortunately, not ending the way I would like to, but not without a rally by Dakota Kai, finally countering the ankle lock that told an important tale in this match, a rally of kicks, but the chiropractor, which, clever name or official name, but it's the one I've been seeing around on Twitter, that great, great finisher that earned her a victory against Vanessa Bourne was countered into the choke that Shayna has won many a matches with, kind of a rear naked choke, a, uh, the Kirafuda clutch escaped my mind for a second, and I'm unfortunately unable to spell that despite all of my experience in the martial arts, so I don't have it written down here. But Shayna Baszler retaining on this road to take over Chicago 2, really with that one spot filled, you think it could be anybody's game, but we have seen the one to step up and truly take the title figuratively Literally, however you want to put it, the ending of this one was a mind boggle. Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross, a post-match choke and assault would be stopped by the Sister of Sanity, Cross to make the save for Dakota Kai. Psycho Scott wanted Shayna here. The Psycho Scott wanted Shayna, so she snatched the title. And guess what? Shayna thought she was getting it back, and Cross wanted combat. Baszler offering this combative attitude, Shayna, me, tonight, pitting Dakota Kai as the referee, it all really, really hit the fan here tonight, folks. I'm seeing my vocal waves go up, just me talking about it. That's how crazy excited the ending of this NXT got me. I'm so happy Nikki Cross is still a part of this division. You could at me with any opinion it may have about Sanity going up without her, but it's not because she's not ready. Nikki Cross is one of the most incredible characters in all of women's wrestling in WWE. You don't believe me, and you don't want to take my word for it? Please, while you're on my page, go ahead and listen to my interview with founding member of Sanity, Sawyer Fulton. He can back everything I have to say about the Psycho Scott, Nikki Cross, but Nikki Cross would hit the purge. Dakota Kai counts to three. Does that make Nikki Cross the champion? It's a really, really strange... Let's not call it a roadblock. Let's call it a speed bump. An interesting speed bump on this road to NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. And with that, I'm a half hour in at least... And I'm sure you guys are already sick of listening to me talk about this show. I'm kidding. I hope you guys have supported me for as long as you have. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to Team NXT. Thank you so much for tuning in on your favorite podcasting platform. I am CD Danny Mac. You can follow me at my personal Twitter at CDANNY. At podcast underscore UF is the podcast Twitter. It's more like a fan account. You'll see many of my personal wrestling opinions on there. 
You'll see me reach out to a number of my listeners. You'll see me reach out to a number of other podcasts. Special shout out to Brotherly Love Wrestling for featuring me in their discussion topics as of late. I'll be tagging a number of podcasts in these upcoming questions leading to episode 55. So thank you so much for tuning in and including me as a part of yours as well. It's the least I can do to return the favor. So keep up with me on the Twitter. If you check out the Instagram, you'll see some interesting things as well at Undisputed Future Podcast. All one word is the gram. Check out pictures of my dog. Check out fan memes. Check out memes I dig up from Facebook and decide to shift over. I'd say the Instagram is about my second most paid attention to form of social media. And of course, I'm going to plug the Facebook like I plug all over Facebook, but that's pretty much just a way to get you to check out the other forms of social media that are more interesting and compelling and to figure out ways for you to listen to the show. And with that, thank you for listening to the show. This has been the 54th episode of the show. If you went back and listened to UFP 50, my over an hour long special with the listeners' questions at the end, it's been an unbelievable ride so far. I can't believe 55 is next week, and I can't believe NXT TakeOver Orlando was so long ago. Thank you so much here, Team NXT. I am CD. Danny Mac. I hope you all have a great weekend. Happy Rusev Day. Have a safe commute if that's when you're listening to me, and be sure to tune in next time. <laughs>